0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Headwise, the weekly video cast and podcast of the National Headache Foundation. I'm Dr. Lindsay Weitzel. I'm the founder of Migraine Nation, and I have a history of chronic and daily migraine that began at the age of four. I am here today with one of our favorite repeat guests, Dr. Don Buse. Hello, Dr. Buse. How are you doing today? Hi, Dr. Weitzel, and hello, everybody listening and watching. It's great to be here. Well, thank you for being here. We are super excited that you're here. Dr. Buse is a clinical professor of neurology and a psychologist who specializes in headache. We have her on quite often because we value her opinion so much. When we talk about topics like the one we have today, we are discussing a very important topic for our headache and migraine community today, One that we feel we cannot ignore. Suicide Awareness Day is this month and we wanted to use this time to discuss suicidal ideation and suicide in our community. What is it? How prevalent is it in the migraine and headache community? Why is it so prevalent in our group and what can we do about it? Um, Before we get started, I feel it's important to let everyone know that the Suicide Crisis Lifeline is 988. And you can always also call nine one one in an emergency situation. If you feel you need to talk someone, please, to someone, please don't hesitate to call these numbers. So Dr. Buse, for any people in our audience who are not familiar with you, can you please tell them about yourself and why you are so motivated and do such a great job uh, working for our community? Well, thank you. I am a
1: psychologist, so I get to do work one-on-one with people living with migraine, other headache diseases, other chronic illnesses, as well as I'm a researcher, so I get to gather data from literally, at this point, hundreds of thousands of people living with headache diseases and other illnesses, and it's always really exciting and interesting to me to see how they really blend and complement each other. And in the time that I've been working in the headache field, which is about 20 years now, we have seen so many accomplishments and developments. We've learned so much and understand so much more about migraine, about cluster headache, new daily persistent headache, and tension-type headache. We have seen the development of new therapeutics, be they pharmacologic, behavioral, neurostimulation. It's really an area of hope. And of progress, rewarding field to be in. So that's really where my heart is. And my heart really lies in treating, studying, caring for, helping, and learning about um, improving the lives of people living with migraine and other headache diseases.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, we are grateful that you do that. You do so much work for our community and you help so much. And we love hearing what you have to say. So um, we're going to go ahead and, you know, head on say that this is a difficult topic to discuss, but it's my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the data shows that discussing it head on is helpful for the community, correct? Uh, We don't wanna dance around the subject or ignore it and pretend like it doesn't exist. We wanna discuss it and and help our community uh, and decrease these these rates uh, and this problem in our community. And so I'm gonna go ahead and say that the first time I met someone with migraine disease that was like mine, I was in my late 20s and I had had it daily since uh, preschool age. And uh, we became great friends and she died by suicide a couple years later. And this was very horrifying to me because she was my first friend in the migraine community. And so this is one of the biggest reasons I started the Migraine Nation Support Group. So I think so many of us in the community um, have been affected Um, by this problem. And so we want to go ahead and just discuss it head on. So people often use the term suicidal ideation when discussing this topic. Um, Can you tell us exactly what that means?
1: Yes. When we're talking about suicidal ideation, we mean thoughts about suicide, that one has thoughts about hurting oneself or ending one's life. And they may think about a passive approach. Like it would be easier if I didn't wake up tomorrow Mm -hmm. or I'm a burden on my friends and family. It would just be easier if I wasn't here Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or an active approach, which is maybe I should kill myself. Maybe I should end my life. And we see that kind of increase in its intensity as people start to think about how they would do it. And beyond Mm. that, make a plan for how they would do it. And then beyond that, gather the means to actually commit suicide. So we we look at this kind of step from a yellow flag to an orange flag to a bright red flag.
0: Okay, all right, that I like how you describe that. Thank you very much. I think that it's important because we can start to recognize these things. And I think it's so important that you do. Um, So uh, can you talk about the fact that suicide and suicide ideation are comorbid with headache disorders.
1: Yes, so as a reminder, the audience has probably heard me talk about comorbidity before. Mm-hmm. It means that two things just co-occur together. Mm-hmm. So migraine and fibromyalgia are comorbid. Migraine and epilepsy are comorbid. Migraine, depression, anxiety are comorbid. That means that people who have migraine are more likely to have these other conditions than people who don't have migraine. Mm-hmm. Same is true for migraine and two things. One, the suicidal ideation, the thoughts about it, the planning, and two, actual completed suicide. Those are comorbid with migraine, meaning that someone who has migraine is more likely to have either of those conditions, the ideation or the actual suicide attempt or successful completion. Also, these are comorbid with cluster headache, a very painful sporadic, uh, short term in its attacks, but terribly, terribly painful, disabling headache. So when we say something is comorbid, it may mean that someone is many times more likely to have this condition than if they didn't have migraine. However, it doesn't mean necessarily that the rates are that high. Suicide is still very rare. Thank Mm -hmm. goodness. Mm -hmm. Um, but that risk does increase when someone also has migraine or cluster headache or other headache diseases.
0: Okay, do we know if it differs by headache type? In other words, migraine without aura versus migraine with aura versus cluster headache, et cetera.
1: Yes, so studies done by Naomi Breslau and Dr. Richard Lipton did find that within people with migraine, that the folks with migraine with aura had higher rates of suicidality, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as those with higher headache pain intensity. Um, Mm -hmm. There are also different rates for people with migraine versus cluster versus tension type headache, for example, Mm -hmm. with a lower pain severity and lower levels of disability, tension type headache does not have the same comorbidity with suicidality that migraine or cluster headache does.
0: Okay, I'm glad you pointed that out because that was gonna be my next question. I think it's important to point out that there is data, correct, that um, it suicidality is related to pain intensity. Um, and I think that becomes very important when we do talk about cluster headache, which is known to be the most painful condition in mankind, correct? Let's call those risk factors. And okay.
1: whole range of risk okay. factors. For mm-hmm. suicidality. Right. And you talked about within the migraine space, higher headache pain intensity, right. more frequent migraine days, more mm-hmm. frequent attacks, um, as well as some of the other sorts of um, conditions that might be comorbid with migraine. So, also having depression, also having schizophrenia, also having bipolar disorder. Now, mm-hmm. those are comorbidities as well. So, mm-hmm. maybe as migraine and depression or bipolar disorder or bipolar disease or or schizophrenia they're going to have an increased rate mm-hmm. also there's other risks that are beyond people with headache diseases um, having adverse childhood experiences being abused as a child neglected maltreated as a child having trauma any time in your life as a child or an adult living in a very dangerous physical place, living in a, um, living in a, a place with war or being a refugee, being mm-hmm. a veteran. Those are also all associated with higher risks. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as generally feeling helpless or hopeless, mm-hmm. helpless, there's nothing I can do to make anything better. Hopeless. It's never going to get better. Those thoughts, which are highly associated with depression, Mm -hmm. very associated with suicidality. So in researchers who study suicide, have a whole list of identified risk factors, which we can use both to watch for them in ourselves and to watch for them in each other. Mm -hmm. So some of them are things we can't change. They happened in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, you were in, you were in active duty during war you mm-hmm. had a traumatic awful childhood you have bipolar disease or schizophrenia or substance abuse issues or legal problems other things like that some of these things are things we can work on certainly mm-hmm. um our view of the world like right. that helpless and helpless right. um, and the opposite of that is there are protective factors.
0: So I was going to say, let's. What can we do? What is protective? And are any of them things that we can change? A lot of them are things we can mm-hmm. change.
1: One is feeling connected, mm-hmm. connected to community, friends, mm-hmm. family, neighborhoods, um, anyone that you choose to make a connection with, our online virtual. Um, right. National Headache Foundation world, migraine mm-hmm. and all of these kind of virtual connections are great places for people with migraine you know, mm-hmm. move, migraine, a lot of these terrific places. Um, feeling like you're doing something. So what's the opposite of that feeling hopeless, helpless? Advocating. Whether you're advocating for yourself and your own medical disease, right. whether you're advocating at a bigger level, like participating in headache advocacy, like Headache on the Hill, or participating in a Miles for Migraine run, or raising awareness, or funding for research, advocating, feeling energized, feeling like you're doing something, there's something you can do. Right. Purpose. Purpose. Purpose in life. Uh-huh. Migraine cluster. These diseases can take away a lot of layers of people's identity.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe
1: they're not working anymore in a career that felt really valuable to them. Maybe they don't feel like they're engaged in their family and their social world in the same way. And they start mm-hmm. to feel like their world shrinks and they don't have that connectedness and they've lost their purpose. Maybe they feel like they can't do something that used to matter to them, a sport, a hobby, a volunteer work, a project, a travel, something. Um, It's important to try to fill back up that space with something else that works for now. We want to keep our lives full and Mm -hmm. not let kind of that shrinking that happens when you live with a chronic, painful, unpredictable disease like migraine or cluster. Um, We want to kind of fill it back up. So yep. these are all of our protective factors, as well as our good healthy lifestyle habits that actually help with headache diseases. So enough sleep, eating healthy, exercising, managing stress, those are kind of our go-to advice, whatever the question in headache disease, those are right. possible. They are protective as well. Okay. Now I say one more thing about when people do commit suicide? Mm-hmm. Often a moment that was a particularly dark or impulsive moment mm-hmm. and people who have had suicide attempts and not and, and survived mm-hmm. will say I, I, I just wasn't in my right mind at that moment. I was so down or I was, was so despairing. And it's often a time when they're alone it might be the middle of the night it might you know a time when if, the light of day could come again and they could connect with a friend or a family member or or do something that kind of is engaging again. Often that moment might pass. Mm -hmm. And it's not just kind of psychological. It has to do with certain neurochemicals in the brain. It has to do with these neurochemicals that are involved with depression plus impulsivity Mm -hmm. um, that gets you to that place to act in that way. So, we've got to kind of watch for these red flag times and these warning signs and really try and kind of, you know, help with the protective factors. Yes. Keep the
0: protective factors
1: going. And of course the biggest protective factors are going to be if someone is feeling has depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, if they are feeling they may be thinking about hurting themselves is reaching out to a professional. It can, a primary care professional, It can be psychiatrist, psychologist, or in the moment, like you said, calling 911 for an in the moment emergency or 988
0: at any time for support. Dr. Buse, what about stigma? Uh, What role does that play? If we're in an environment where migraine and chronic pain are stigmatized or our family members or coworkers um, aren't supportive of us or do not believe that we're in pain or or don't believe in migraine itself, um, is this thought to put people at greater risk of a suicidal ideation, et cetera.
1: Stigma is absolutely associated with all sorts of negative outcomes, including for those who are at risk for suicidal ideation already, Mm -hmm. increased risk. Now stigma is really common in migraine and in other places in cluster and in all sorts of other medical diseases as well. Um, And stigma occurs in two thirds or three quarters of people living with migraine, we haven't done the working cluster, but I'm going to venture to guess that it's also high. So mm-hmm. it's not that everyone who experiences stigma is going to have suicidal ideation, right. but let's flip that for someone who may be at risk of suicidal ideation for various reasons, from their biology, from their history, um, from how they're feeling, their comorbidities maybe including things like depression or bipolar disorder or schizophrenia, adding stigma in the mix is really, really increasing their risk in a negative way. And if we flip that, having a supportive community, family, healthcare professionals who are going to be helpful and try and treat both the migraine as well as the suicidality is really helpful. So, Mm -hmm. uh, stigma really is the enemy of good outcomes in many ways. Stigma is also just generally associated with worse outcomes for people who have suicidal ideation, because they may not feel comfortable talking about it, seeking help, getting Mm -hmm. care. And so they kind of May silently and quietly on their own be feeling very desperate, very sad, very hopeless, and helpless, and more at risk of suicide than someone who feels comfortable talking to friends, family, asking for help, and talking to healthcare professionals.
0: Right. I bring that up because you and I have done podcast episodes before that people can look up if they are feeling they're in an environment where they're not supported where we talk about if you have friends, family, if you are in an environment where you are just experiencing a lot of stigma related to your migraine, you know, work to get out of it, work to get to a more positive environment. I just feel like that's so supportive. And you've heard me say, you know, people are will be like, but this is my sister, this is my my whatever and I will always say back and I will laugh when I say it but you know we share 99% of our DNA with chimpanzees but we don't bring them home from the zoo so (laughs) you know it's it's funny but you know we don't need to experience that you don't need to be subjected to that if it's really bringing you down because you know we are in a place where we are trying to get better and so I like to bring up stigma whenever we're talking about something like this so um or we talk about everything related
1: to headache diseases, as well as talking about suicidality in the open, like we are more Mm -hmm. we can stigmatize the experience and just recommend that people seek help, let them know what the resources are, let them know what the the help is and let them know when we talk about comorbidities that these thoughts are, well, they're, they're not common, Mm -hmm. um, are more common for people with these specific headache diseases
0: right right um so the main reason we we're hoping to get this episode out during the time of Suicide Awareness Day is to help people to know when they should reach out. Um, you know, if, if they've been feeling these, these feelings, they've been having these thoughts. And I love how you presented um, the definition of suicide ideation when we opened this episode and you were talking about um, the flag colors. There's yellow flag for certain thoughts as things progress. Um, do you have any words for where the point is in this thought process for when, okay, now you need to reach out, you need to call someone and and just make sure that you're going to stay safe. Where Where is that point so that we can get that in people's minds?
1: Well, it's never too soon if you are feeling depression or anxiety, or if you do have schizophrenia and bipolar disease and you're not getting care, that's a great time to get care. You can talk to your primary care professional or talk to a psychiatrist or mental health professional.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: If you have thoughts at any point that you want to hurt yourself Mm -hmm. and entertain those thoughts, that is a time to start paying attention. And as I said, there may be passive thoughts like if I didn't wake up tomorrow morning, it would be easier. Mm -hmm. If you feel yourself feeling like a burden to others or mm-hmm. feeling that your life has either no point is, is kind of pointless mm-hmm. um, or that you're feeling hopeless about the future. Those are signs that it is worth talking to a mental health professional. Again, you can start with your primary care. You could go right to a mental health care professional, or you can reach out to the one of the support lines. 988 is the national in the United States suicide support line. Um, But there is also um, other support lines. There's a support line for people of color. There's support lines for LGBTQ plus individuals. If you want to find a support line that might even feel um, a more natural fit for you. Mm -hmm. Um, If you reach the point where you are actually making a plan of how you would commit suicide. And if you are gathering whatever you would need to do that, right. that is going to be a a, a red flag. Right. That I urge you to immediately seek help to reach out to someone right away and try and kind of break the cycle, figure out what's going on for you, figure out kind of how to get out of that, that, that way of thinking, because that means you're really feeling desperate Mm. and hopeless, but there are really so many ways that, that you can move out of that feeling. It won't feel like it when you're in the middle of it, but please know that there are a whole range of, of treatments, talk therapy, medication therapy, um, all sorts of things that you can do, including things like the healthy lifestyle things, getting out in mm-hmm. the sunlight, moving, exercising. Your doctor may check your vitamin level and your hormone level. Um, there's so many things that may not be balanced for you that, with some help, can get get better. Right. You have actually initiated a plan, or you are attempting to commit suicide. You need to call nine one one and let take this out now of talking about you yourself let's talk about a friend or someone in your community Mm -hmm. this always becomes hard when and how do you intervene what do you say Mm -hmm. so the best language is very straightforward are you having thoughts of hurting yourself have you made a plan um but even before that if you hear someone saying those kind of I'm a burden to others, I don't want to mm. bother you, um, I I don't need to be here, my life is pointless. If you're hearing that kind of burden, worthless, pointless, if you're mm-hmm. hearing that kind of trifecta of feelings from a friend, right. um, that is worth asking them more, checking right. with them, how are they doing? Right. And, You can also call the support line the 988 line as a friend or family member advice and run the specifics by a counselor on the phone so there's there's no no need to wait on that you can call you can also text. It works either way, whatever you're comfortable with, and it is anonymous. So whatever you, whichever way is easier for you to start to talk to someone, you can get some advice from a trained
0: counselor about how to proceed. Okay. All right. Well, we've covered if you're worried about yourself, we've covered if you're worried about a friend or family member. Um thank you so much. We've learned so much about the association between headache disorders and suicidal ideation and, and the definition of it, et cetera. And I hope that we've helped some people and help people understand. So thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Buse, and thank you everyone for listening. And please join us again next week